0: I take history to my coffee podcast, episode eight: The Caesar of the East. As soon as the fortress had been abandoned, Afonso de Albuquerque gave order that the gates should be shut that led to the city, and a good watch kept over them, in order that our men should not follow the Moors nor disband themselves to plunder. He feared that as the enemy were very numerous, they would unite together and bring about another catastrophe like that which befell the Portuguese at Calicut. Aftermath of the Taking of Goa, Commentaries of the Great Afonso de Albuquerque, 1557. Welcome back to the I Take History with My Coffee podcast, and thank you for continuing our exploration of the early modern period. The Portuguese arrival into the Indian Ocean disrupted the spice trade. It was the Venetians and the Muslim Mamluks of Egypt who stood to lose the most by the Portuguese targeting Arab shipping. In 1504, the Mamluk Sultan sent an envoy to the Pope. He warned that if the Pope did not stop the Portuguese attacks, then the Sultan could not guarantee the safety of Christians living in his realm, and hinted at possible attacks upon Christian holy sites. The Venetians also shared a common interest, and they sent their own envoy to Cairo. To try and find any means of mutual cooperation. The Venetians could not intervene directly, so they urged the Sultan to take action. They suggested contacting the princes at Cochin and Kenanor to encourage them in ceasing trade with the Portuguese. Similarly, the Sultan should contact his fellow Sultans of Calicut and Cambay and urge them fight against the Portuguese. Towards this end, some form of alliance was agreed upon between the two parties. But the Mamluks had little love for naval operations. The navy was despised by the Mamluk horsemen, who made up the traditional army and served as their premier fighting force. According to the late David Eyalon, a historian of Mamluk dynasty in Egypt, The war against the Portuguese, being mainly a naval war, was entirely alien to the Mamluk and little to his taste. The first fleet to be used against the Portuguese was built in 1505. It was outfitted with supplies and weapons from the neighboring Ottomans, and the crews were recruited throughout the eastern Mediterranean. This fleet left Suez. Fortified Jeddah on the Saudi Arabian side of the Red Sea and then prepared to go to Aden. In the meantime, Francisco de Almeida arrived with his fleet in the Indian Ocean and the following year, 1506, brought another Portuguese fleet under Afonso de Albuquerque. Albuquerque was born in 1453 in Alhandra near Lisbon. His father held an important position at court, and the family was connected through a distant illegitimate descendant to the royal family. He became a close ally of King John II and served in North Africa and in the war against Castile. He was made master of the horse under King John II, but returned to campaigning in North Africa in 1489. When Manuel I succeeded his cousin, the new king received Albuquerque fully, but he did send him on his first expedition to India in 1503. In India, Albuquerque fought the Zamorin of Calicut, helped establish the current king of Cochin on his throne, and began building Fort Emmanuel in Cochin. Upon returning to Portugal, he earned the favor of Manuel I. Albuquerque would be the architect of the Portuguese Empire in the Indian Ocean. He advanced Manuel's three-pronged scheme, combat Islam, spread Christianity, and secure the trade in spices. He would be referred to as the Lion of the Seas and the Caesar of the East. In early 1506, he was given a command of a squadron of ships, as part of a larger armada, under the command of Tristão da Cunha. The mission was to secure Sakatra, an island off the Yemeni coast, and build a fort in the hope of closing off the Red Sea shipping lanes. But Albuquerque had his own secret instructions. At the end of three years. He was to replace Almeida as viceroy of India. Along the way, Albuquerque raided the coast of Arabia and the horde of Africa, with the same savagery as his predecessors. At Zacaltra, the Muslim defenders put up a fierce resistance, but they were outnumbered by the Portuguese, and eventually they were overwhelmed. In August 1507, with Zakatra secured, Cunha sailed on as had been originally planned in order to meet up with Almeida. Albuquerque remained behind and considered his next action. He was uncertain if he should go west and attempt to sail up the Red Sea or sail eastward towards India. In consultation with his captains, and Arab pilots, he made the decision to go east. He reached Muscat in October, the conquest of which was neither easy nor compassionate. On October 25, 1507, he arrived at the island of Hormuz, at the entrance to the Persian Gulf. Here, he laid down the foundation of a tower, so high that from it one might have a view of all the mainland on the Persian side. Except Hormuz was under the authority of the Shah of Persia. The Shah sent an envoy to the Portuguese. Albuquerque advised the Shah's representative that Hormuz was now under the authority of the king of Portugal and promptly sent him on his way. He set about building Fort of Our Lady of Victory, which then would later became Fort of Our Lady of the Conception. But many of his men mutinied against him, unhappy with the forced labor of construction. Many left for India, and the size of his force was greatly reduced. Unable to maintain a position on Hormuz, Albuquerque departed in January of 1508. After raiding the coast to resupply, he, too, headed to India. Portuguese activities during this time brought Mamluk trade to the brink of collapse. Finally, the Mamluk fleet, now about 50 ships and stationed at Aden, was sent to India. The Mamluks had allied themselves with the Sultan of Gujarat, who was regarded as having the most superior navy in India. The two fleets met up in the Gojarati port of Dio in early 1508. Not too far down the coast, a small Portuguese fleet, under the command of Almeida's son, Lorenzo, had put into port of Chal. Lorenzo's task had been to escort-friendly shipping and therefore he didn't have with him any heavily armed Portuguese warships. The Mamluks sailed into Chal Harbor and took this Portuguese fleet by surprise. Though they were outnumbered and outgunned, the Portuguese had more naval experience and were more accurate gunners. They managed to prevent the Mamluks from getting close enough to board. After two days, it seemed the smaller Portuguese fleet had gained an advantage. Then the Gujarati fleet arrived to reinforce the Mamluks, and the Portuguese were defeated. Lorenzo died during the battle in an attempt to retreat from the harbor. But the Mamluks failed to follow up on their victory. They returned back to Diou, and there the ships ultimately became derelict, and the crew dispersed from inactivity. By the end of 1508, Albuquerque arrived at Kenanur. He revealed his secret instructions that he was to replace Almeida as the viceroy of India. Almeida refused to turn over his office, at least until he could get revenge on the death of his son. Albuquerque offered to help but Almeida refused, and so Albuquerque, not wanting a civil war, waited in Cochin. On February 3rd, 1509, Almeida got his revenge. He won a decisive victory off the coast of Diu. He defeated a combined fleet of the Mamluks, Ottomans, the Zamorin of Calicut, and the Sultan of Gojarat. It would be the last major resistance to the Portuguese in the Indian Ocean and pave the way for their rule in the region. But Almeida still refused to give up the viceroyship. And in August, at the urging of former officers, Albuquerque was placed under house arrest at the fort in Cananor. He was released three months later, though, with the arrival of Ferdinand Hachio, the Marshal of Portugal, the highest official to visit India up to that time. He had with him a fleet of 15 ships and 3,000 men, and he was there to support Albuquerque and help seize control of Calicut. By November 1509, Albuquerque became the second viceroy of Portuguese India, and Almeida headed back to Portugal. He never made it being killed on the African coast. Albuquerque wasted no time, and in January 1510 advanced against Calicut. The first assault on the city seemed to be successful. But Caccino, wanting glory for himself, attacked the Zamorin's palace. He was ambushed and killed, and during this raid, Albuquerque was forced to retreat. He was badly wounded, but managed to escape. After this failure, he assembled a fleet of 23 ships and 1,200 men. But he was informed by the Hindu privateer Tamaji that the best place to attack the Mamluks and their allies was at Goa. Goa, located in southwestern India, was founded during the 15th century. By the Sultans of Baijapur as a second capital and port along the Madavi River. The remnants of the fleets defeated by Almeida had anchored here after the battle. The Sultan of Baijapur, who ruled Goa, was ill, and the other Deccan Sultans were at war with each other. Naturally, Albuquerque felt he could rely on the element of surprise. To capture Goa. In March 1510, after a brief battle, Albuquerque was able to occupy the city. This initial attempt, though, would fail. Conditions were poor, he had no support from the local Hindus, and there was again growing discontent among his men. He was forced to abandon the city and regroup. He returned at the end of November this time reinforced with a newly arrived Portuguese fleet. It took him less than a day to capture the city and force the surrender of the sultan and his allies. He had also gained the support of the local Hindu population. He awarded the privateer Timaji by making him an administrator over the city due to his knowledge of local customs. Then Albuquerque set about making Goa into the permanent naval base that the Portuguese required to maintain their presence. In time, it would become the capital of the Portuguese. He founded the first Portuguese mint in the region and the Royal Hospital of Goa. Hearing the news of the fall of the port city, the Sultan of Gujarat and the Zamorin of Calicut sent embassies seeking alliances. And with Goa secured and fortified, Albuquerque set his sights on Malacca. Malacca was a strategic center through which the spice trade traveled between the Indian Ocean, the South China Sea, and Indonesia. I am very sure that if this Malacca trade is taken out of their hands, Cairo and Mecca will be completely lost. Albuquerque is quoted as saying, In 1511, April, satisfied that Goa was sufficiently fortified, he commanded a fleet of 18 ships and headed towards the Straits of Malacca, under the pretense of seeking the release of Portuguese prisoners. Despite the wealth that flowed in and out of the city, the city itself was constructed of mostly wood, with very few masonry buildings but it was defended by a mercenary force of about 20,000 men and 2,000 pieces of artillery. The greatest weakness was that the local sultan was unpopular due to his favoritism toward Muslims. Albuquerque appeared with banners flying and firing cannon volleys. He demanded the release of the prisoners and permission to build a fortified trading post. The Sultan released the prisoners, but was not highly impressed by the Portuguese fleet. In a show of power, Albuquerque burned a few ships and coastal buildings. The city was divided by the Malacca River, and a single bridge connected the two sides. Albuquerque understood the strategic importance of the bridge, And therefore, on July 25, 1511, at dawn, the Portuguese attacked the bridge. The fighting was fierce, but the Portuguese withdrew when there was no sign that the Sultan was going to counterattack. Then they set about filling a Chinese junk with men, artillery, and sandbags. They sailed back up the river, and on the following day, they landed. This time, the sultan arrived prepared to defend the city. The Muslim defenders were outmatched, and the Portuguese easily dispersed the sultan's army. As Albuquerque waited to see if the sultan would return, the merchants from the city, who were not happy with the sultan, approached him. They asked the Portuguese for protection, and they were given banners as a sign that they would not be looted. The Portuguese attacked again on August 15th, but they discovered that the Sultan had already fled the city. The Portuguese proceeded to loot the city, but left the merchants with the banners untouched, as promised. With the city safely in Portuguese hands, Albuquerque prepared Malacca's defenses against any possible counterattack. He had a fort built which was completed in November. He set up the administration of the trading post, as well as appointed government officials. Another mint was established. He then learned the location of the so-called Spice Islands, the Moluccas. Their location had previously been a very well-guarded secret. He dispatched three ships to fill the cargo and returned to Portugal the Portuguese finally found themselves dealing directly with the sources of nutmeg, cinnamon, and cloves. Albuquerque returned to Goa in the fall of 1512, and he began to plan an expedition to the Red Sea, the final linchpin to completely closing off the Indian Ocean to Muslim shipping. He set sail in February 1513, spurred by reports of a new Mamluk fleet being constructed at Suez. His first target was Aden, at the entrance of the Red Sea. The port, though, was heavily fortified and defended, so it was not easy to take. After half a day, Albuquerque gave up and sailed through the Bab el Mandeb the strait between the Arabian Peninsula and the Horn of Africa, which connected the Red Sea with the Gulf of Aden. He was the first Christian European to sail in this direction. He attempted to reach Jeddah, but the winds prevented a favorable approach, and a combination of sickness, lack of water, and fresh supplies forced him to retrace his route in the summer of 1513. He made one last attempt at taking Aden, but failed, and then returned back to India. The failure to take Aden would mean the end of Manuel I's grand scheme of encircling Islam. But the appearance of a Christian fleet in the Red Sea for the first time caused ripples of panic throughout the Mideast region. When he returned to Goa, Albuquerque then put to rest the old thorn in the Portuguese side, the Zamorin of Calicut. Hostilities between the two had begun in 1502, but the Zamorin's nobles, seeing no solution to the conflict, began to fight among themselves and against the Zamorin the current Zamoran was assassinated and replaced by a rival, all at the instigation of Albuquerque. The Portuguese would become adept at manipulating local politics to their favor. Peace talks commenced between the two parties, and favorable terms were agreed upon. The Portuguese were allowed to build a fort and the rights to as much pepper and ginger as they wished at favorable prices. In exchange, half the customs duties would be paid to Calicut as tribute. Under Albuquerque, the Portuguese asserted their naval supremacy, established a permanent base of operations, and with the capture of Malacca, were able to gain direct access to the spice markets. All this laid the foundation for another 50 years of expansion, reaching out to China and to Japan. In the next episode, I will examine the mechanics of the spice trade after the Portuguese arrival into the monsoon marketplace. As always, maps and other supporting resources for all episodes are listed in the episode description. In the meantime, for more historical content, please visit the I Take History with My Coffee blog at itakehistory.com and also consider liking the I Take History with My Coffee Facebook page. Feedback and comments are welcome at itakehistory at gmail.com. If you know anyone else who would enjoy this podcast, please let them know.